Hello. Welcome to episode 9, Op Argus. This week we'll be summarizing the 7th chapter of the Canadian Army in Afghanistan, Volume 1, A Nation Under Fire, 2001-2006, by Sean Maloney, PhD. Welcome, time travelers and history enthusiasts, to another riveting episode. Today we journey back to the tumultuous mid-2000s, a period where the echoes of war still reverberated through the rugged terrain of Afghanistan. Our focus rests on a clandestine Canadian initiative known as Operation Argus and the enigmatic strategic advisory team Afghanistan working behind the scenes. Picture Kabul in 2005, not just a city, but a crucible where the delicate tapestry of post-war strategy was being woven. Amidst the chaos, Sade embarked on a daring mission, crafting the blueprint for Afghanistan's future. Join us as we unravel the threads of strategy, explore the challenges faced by Sade and uncover the geopolitical intricacies that shape the critical chapter of Afghanistan's history. This is Operation Argus, Echoes of the Past. My name is James, and I'm the host of Canon in Afghanistan, the podcast. In the mid-2000s, Afghanistan found itself at the nexus of international efforts to rebuild and stabilize the war-torn nation. Following the ousting of the Taliban regime in 2001, the Bonn Agreement established a framework for political transition. NATO's ISAF expanded its presence, deploying provincial reconstruction teams to various regions. However, Despite these endeavors, a strategic vacuum persisted. NATO faced challenges in integrating diverse efforts, with PRTs scattered across the country, lacking a cohesive strategy for national development. This geopolitical landscape marked a critical juncture, with an urgent need for a comprehensive approach to synchronize military, diplomatic, and development initiatives. Amid this backdrop, Operation Argus emerged, spearheaded by Canada introducing the covert strategic advisory team Afghanistan. As the international community grappled with defining a unified strategy, SADE operated clandestinely to bridge the gaps and address the absence of a comprehensive national plan. The mid-2000s set the stage for intricate geopolitical maneuvers, with SADE navigating the complexities of Afghan politics, security threats, and the delicate balance between international intervention and Afghan sovereignty. In the tumultuous post-Taliban era, the Afghan government faced a myriad of challenges that impeded the nation's recovery and stabilization. Abject destruction left behind by years of conflict, coupled with a power vacuum, demanded immediate attention to rebuild institutions and establish governance structures. The absence of a centralized authority allowed regional warlords to assert dominance, contributing to political fragmentation and undermining the government's efforts to extend its influence beyond Kabul. Simultaneously, the resurgence of the Taliban insurgency posed a severe threat to the newly established order, initiating a protracted conflict that strained the government's limited resources and hindered its capacity to provide security and essential services. Moreover, the Afghan government grappled with deep-rooted issues such as corruption, pervasive poverty, and an inadequate infrastructure. These challenges not only hindered the effective delivery of public services, but it also fueled public discontent eroding trust in the government's ability to address the pressing needs of its citizens. The post-Taliban Afghan government faced the daunting task of not only rebuilding physical infrastructure, but also navigating the complex terrain of ethnic and tribal tensions while countering the insurgency to establish a semblance of stability. Strategic Advisory Team Afghanistan emerged as a pivotal player in the intricate landscape of Afghanistan's reconstruction during the mid-2000s. 
Created in response to a pressing need for a strategic plan, SAT-A was a 17-member Canadian initiative operating independently of a larger multinational framework like ISAF or Operation Enduring Freedom. Led by Colonel Mike Capstick, this self-contained team aimed to bridge the critical gaps in the international community's involvement in Afghanistan's reconstruction. Importantly, SAT-A was not merely an advisory group. It was an embodiment of Canadian commitment to facilitating the Afghan government's efforts while avoiding the pitfalls of undue influence and nationalistic agendas. Its significance lay not only in its unique position as a bilateral operation, but also in its ability to establish unparalleled credibility with the Afghan government, fostering personal relationships that proved instrumental in navigating the complex socio-political terrain of Afghanistan. In the challenging environment of Kabul, where security threats were pervasive, SAD-A's 2005 inception marked a groundbreaking approach. Working closely with Afghan counterparts and key ministries, SAD-A focused on essential areas such as strategic communications, capacity building, and program support. The team's commitment to avoiding preferential treatment in directing aid money, a departure from some international practices, further solidified its reputation for credibility and fairness. As the Afghan government grappled with the expiration of the Bonn Agreement and the need for a new strategic vision, SAD-A played a crucial role in supporting the development of the Afghan Compact and the Afghan National Development Strategy. The team's dedication to fostering genuine partnerships, promoting transparency, and addressing critical issues like corruption showcased SAD-A as a beacon of effective, principled engagement in Afghan's reconstruction efforts. Strategic Advisory Team Afghanistan comprised a diverse and multidisciplinary group of 17 individuals reflecting a holistic approach to addressing Afghanistan's complex challenges. Under the leadership of Colonel Mike Capstick, the team included military personnel, policy analysts, and development experts, forming a dynamic ensemble. The military component brought operational expertise and security acumen, crucial for navigating the high-threat environment of Kabul during the mid-2000s. These members worked on the ground, often in civilian attire alongside their Afghan counterparts, fostering personal relationships that became instrumental in the success of SAD-A's initiatives. Complementing the military contingent, SAD-A incorporated policy analysts and development experts who added depth to the team's capabilities. With a strategic focus on areas like the Afghan National Development Strategy and the Afghan Compact, policy analysts played a key role in shaping the conceptual frameworks essential for the nation's reconstruction. Development experts, including personnel from the Canadian International Development Agency, contributed valuable insights into capacity-building initiatives and ensured that SAD-A's efforts aligned with broader international development goals. This multidisciplinary composition allowed SAD-A to address the intricate socio-political and economic challenges of Afghanistan with a comprehensive and well-rounded perspective. Nestled behind the Canadian embassy complex in Kabul, the setting for SAD-A's operations was both strategic and precarious. In the heart of Afghanistan's capital city, this enclave served as a hub for the 17-member team led by Colonel Mike Capstick. The physical proximity to the government ministries in Kabul allowed SAD-A members to work closely with their Afghan counterparts, fostering relationships critical for collaborative efforts. SAD House, as it came to be known, became more than just a workspace, but it evolved into a dynamic center where military planners, policy analysts, and development experts collaboratively tackled the intricate challenges of rebuilding Afghanistan. However, proximity to power centers came with its own set of dangers. In the mid-2000s marked a volatile period in Kabul, with daily threats of improvised explosive devices, suicide bombings, and random rocket attacks. Government offices and international military personnel were prime targets. Sad House, though serving as a base for constructive collaboration, was not immune to the broader security concerns of the Afghan capital. A dynamic interplay between the diplomatic initiatives and the harsh realities of a conflict zone framed the backdrop against which Sad A operated. 
emphasizing the dual nature of its mission, both strategic and perilous. The strategic advisory team in Afghanistan undertook a crucial mission in the mid-2000s, and by playing a pivotal role in crafting the interim Afghan National Development Strategy, the mission's core objective was to provide Afghanistan with a comprehensive and cohesive roadmap for its reconstruction and development post the Taliban era. Working closely with Afghan counterparts and key ministries, SADA aimed to bridge the gap between international community involvement and the Afghan National Development Agenda. The IANDS, a living document with its focus on five-year goals, became the linchpin of Afghanistan's rehabilitation efforts. SADA planners contributed to the synchronization matrix that outlined pillars such as governance, security, rule of law, human rights, and economic and social development. Each pillar had its sectors, and the plan had incorporated cross-cutting themes like gender equality, counter-narcotics, regional cooperation, anti-corruption, and environment. SADA's mission extended beyond traditional military tasks, delving into the intricacies of government, human rights, and economic development, reflecting a nuanced understanding of the multifaceted challenges facing Afghanistan. In this ambitious effort, SADA not only assisted in drafting the INDS, but also played a crucial role in coordinating with key figures like Ambassador Chris Alexander in shaping the Afghanistan Compact, replacing the Bonn Agreement of 2001. The Afghanistan Compact outlined the principles of cooperation, emphasizing respect for Afghan culture, partnership between the Afghan government and the international community, and the commitment to combat corruption and ensure public transparency. By undertaking this mission, SADA sought to contribute significantly to Afghan stability, development, and the establishment of a strategic framework that aligned with both national and international priorities. The ANDS Working Group was a critical focal point for SADA, involving collaboration with key Afghan figures like Dr. Ishak Nadiri, the senior economic advisor to the president. SADA aimed to provide essential mentoring and support to this group, recognizing the imperative aligning international efforts with Afghan national development objectives. The Afghanistan Compact emerged as a crucial commitment document superseding the Bonn Agreement, and laid the groundwork for Afghanistan's reconstruction and stability post-Taliban era. Formally accepted in February 2006, it serves as a collaborative pact between the Afghan government and the international community, with the United Nations playing a central and impartial coordinating role. Ambassador Chris Alexander and other key players, including Barney Rubin from the United States, contributed to its drafting. The compact encapsulated nine fundamental principles, emphasizing respect for Afghanistan's culture, values, history based on Islam, as well as the importance of partnership, deep-seated traditions of participation, and a commitment to gender equality, regional cooperation, and anti-corruption measures. The Afghanistan Compact addressed various critical areas of development and security, highlighting the significance of governance, human rights, economic and social development, as well as counter-narcotic efforts. It underscored the need for security, not only through military means, but also by fostering good governance, justice, and the rule of law. Notably, it outlined the roles of NATO-led International Security Assistance Force and U.S.-led Operation Enduring Freedom in supporting the Afghan government's efforts to establish and sustain security. The compact's comprehensive approach recognized the interdependence of security, governance, and development, reflecting a commitment to achieving stability in Afghanistan through a holistic, coordinated effort. The Afghanistan Compact articulated a set of principles aimed at fostering cooperation between the Afghan government and the international community. These principles delineated the foundational framework for Afghanistan's development and stability, 
emphasizing mutual respect, partnership, and a commitment to Afghan ownership of the reconstruction process. Central to the compact was the recognition of Afghanistan's pluralistic culture, values, and history rooted in Islam, affirming the need to uphold these aspects in the development endeavors. The compact laid out the imperative of a partnership between the Afghan government and its sovereign responsibilities and the international community, assigning a central and a partial coordinating role to the United Nations. The document underscored the importance of deep-seated traditions of participation and the aspirations of the Afghan people in decision-making processes, emphasizing the involvement of local communities in the nation's development. Furthermore, it highlighted the commitment to fiscal, institutional, and environmental sustainability, seeking to build lasting Afghan capacity and effective state institutions while ensuring equal rights and responsibilities for men and women. The Afghan Compact also addressed the need for balanced and fair allocation of domestic and international resources to offer tangible well-being prospects across the country. It promoted regional cooperation and sought to combat corruption while ensuring public transparency and accountability. Moreover, the Compact recognized security as a fundamental requisite stability and development, outlining the multifaceted approach required to including good governance, justice, rule of law, reconstruction, and development, the commitment of the NATO-led ISAF, U.S.-led Operation Enduring Freedom, and partner nations to support the Afghan government in establishing sustaining security and stability was a crucial aspect. The compact envisioned ISAF expanding its presence throughout Afghanistan, including through provincial reconstruction teams, which played a crucial role in promoting stability and supporting security sector reforms in various regions. It highlighted the need for coordination between OEF's counterterrorism operations, the Afghan government, and ISAF, ensuring a unified approach to security challenges. This collaborative stance represented a fundamental aspect of the Afghan compact, recognizing that security was integral to the overall stability and development goals for Afghanistan. During 2005-2006, SAD-A operated in a highly challenging and dangerous environment in Kabul. The city was marked by daily threat warnings, particularly regarding improvised explosive devices and suicide bombings. The danger was comparable to Kandahar, with regular occurrences of random rocket attacks and bombings. The government offices and international military personnel were prime targets, reflecting the broader security challenges faced by Kabul during this period. The precarious situation in Kabul was exacerbated by the severe incidents such as the rioting in 2006, triggered an accidental shooting by an American patrol, and the Danish cartoon riots, both of which contributed to the volatile atmosphere. The SAD-A team worked diligently amidst these threats, demonstrating exceptional courage and resilience. Their commitment was underscored by the fact that Kabul, at the time, was as unsafe as Kandahar. The dangers were not only from external threats, but also from internal bureaucratic challenges and jealousies within the Canadian system. Despite these adversities, SAD-A's 17 members built credibility through personal relationships and worked alongside their Afghan partnerships, established themselves as a vital force in supporting the Afghan government during this critical period. Random rocket attacks were a common occurrence, adding to the overall insecurity of the city. These attacks not only unsettling, but also posed a direct threat to the safety of government offices, international military personnel, and civilians alike. The danger was not confined to military or strategic targets. Rather, it permeated the everyday lives of those residing in Kabul. SAD-A occupied a unique and influential position within the Karzai government during the mid-2000s. Unlike other international organizations, SAD-A was a bilateral initiative between Canada and Afghanistan, not belonging to ISAF or Operation Enduring Freedom. The self-contained Canadian operation was specifically designed to address crucial gaps in the international community's involvement in Afghanistan's reconstruction. 
What set Sade apart was the unparalleled credibility developed within the Karzai government. The 17 individuals of Sade tirelessly along their Afghan counterparts and key government ministries, establishing personal relationships that formed the foundation of trust and cooperation. This credibility was built on shared dangers and day-to-day collaboration, creating a level of influence that extended beyond the norm. Sade faced a complex and challenging political landscape in Afghanistan during the mid-2000s. The successes and challenges were deeply intertwined with the intricacies of Afghan governance, reconstruction efforts, and the broader international community's involvement. One of Sade's notable successes lay in its ability to navigate and influence Afghan political dynamics. This interpersonal approach facilitated collaboration and trust-building, allowing Sade to play a pivotal role in crafting the intern Afghanistan National Development Strategy and the Afghan Compact. The team's commitment to avoiding a national monetary agenda and focusing on genuine collaboration earned them the credibility with the Afghan government, setting them apart from other international entities. In summary, Sade's successes were rooted in its ability to build credibility within the Afghan government, foster collaboration, and contribute to strategic planning. Simultaneously, the challenges including security risks and international opposition highlighted the delicate balance Sade had to maintain in navigating the complex Afghan political landscape. NATO's initial reluctance to assist in strategic planning for Afghanistan during the mid-2000s reflects a combination of factors, including organizational dynamics, diversion priorities among member states, and the evolving nature of the conflict. One of the key challenges was the expansions of NATO's mandate and the deployment of provincial reconstruction teams without a comprehensive strategic plan. Despite identifying the need for a national strategy in Afghanistan, as noted by Canadian general officers, diplomats, and other development personnel, NATO faced internal resistance and lack of consensus on the way forward. The complex geopolitical landscape and the diverse interests of NATO member states contributed to this reluctance. Different nations had varying levels of commitment to the Afghan mission and differing views on the role of NATO in nation-building efforts. The absence of a cohesive approach within the alliance hindered the development of a unified strategy for Afghanistan. Moreover, NATO's focus on expanding its mandate and deploying more PRTs might have overshadowed the importance of a comprehensive strategic plan. The lack of a shared vision on how to integrate PRTs and other activities into a broader national development and security strategy further underscored the challenges faced by the alliance. This initial reluctance had significant consequences, and with the absence of a strategic plan leading to setbacks in the international effort to stabilize Afghanistan, it emphasized the importance of strategic coordination and comprehensive planning in complex conflict zones, where military operations, development initiatives, and political strategies must align for sustainable success. The eventual recognition of the need for a strategic approach, as evidenced by initiatives like SAD-A and the Afghan Compact, highlighted the learning curve and adaptive nature of international interventions in dynamic and challenging environments. SAD-A faced internal bureaucratic challenges, including jealousy and opposition, which ultimately contributed to its premature demise. The team's innovative and effective approach to addressing critical gaps in Afghanistan's reconstruction garnered significant success and influence. However, within the Canadian bureaucratic structure, Sade's accomplishments 
generated envy and resistance from other quarters that were not part of the original conception. Jealousy emerged as Sade demonstrated a high level of influence and filled voids that others hadn't. The internal bureaucratic forces, particularly in middle-level management of foreign affairs, exhibited opposition to Sade. There was a resistance because the idea did not originate from within their ranks, and they'd perceived a lack of control over Sade. This resistance was fueled by sentiment that Sade wasn't invented there, illustrating the challenges of introducing novel approaches within established bureaucratic structures. The internal tensions and opposition within the Canadian bureaucracy were significant enough to contribute to the eventual dismantling of Sade. The success of the team in navigating the complex Afghan political landscape and its proactive approach to addressing critical issues led to both admiration and resentment, highlighting the delicate balance required when introducing innovative solutions within bureaucratic environments. The eternal bureaucratic challenges Sade faced underscored the broader issues of institutional resistance to change and the struggle for recognition and influence within complex government structures. As we conclude this episode delving into the strategic efforts of Sade in crafting the intern Afghan National Development Strategy and the Afghan Compact, we pivot towards the provincial level, where critical aspects of reconstruction efforts unfold. The focus now shifts to provincial reconstruction team, essential components in translating high-level strategies into the on-the-ground impact. Here, T's became the spout in the reconstruction funnel, tasked with implementing initiatives in various provinces. However, this provincial-level engagement brought its own set of challenges and complexities. In the next episode, we'll explore the dynamics of PRTs, their objectives, successes, and the hurdles they encountered while striving to contribute to the stabilization and development of Afghanistan. Join us as we unravel the intricate tapestry of reconstruction efforts at the provincial level and navigate the hurdles they faced by those on the front line of Afghanistan's transformation. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and may the echoes of our shared history guide us forward. Thank you.